from John chapter 21. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were older, when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this scripture. Thank you for your grace and your love to us. Be with us now and teach us again by your Holy Spirit. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pure and acceptable. And your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Three weeks ago, we visited our daughter's middle school for the school's curriculum night, and all of the teachers really impressed us. We were, we were blown away. What quality people. We're so fortunate. God bless educators, and we were really impressed. And the art teacher had a very interesting story from what he told us about. He, he had worked in video gaming for a while, for a company that invented something called Halo. Halo is that, you know, that multi-billion dollar franchise game. And he worked for them. And when he said that to the class that he had previously worked for Halo and now he's an art teacher, that intrigued me. Why would a guy working for a multi-million dollar company, six well, $6 billion in franchise grosses for Halo, 81 million copies worldwide in some form. What took him from that, which I'm sure was pretty lucrative, right, to be a middle school art teacher? And what happened, he said, was somebody recruited him. He was invited. I think it was the principal or some administrator who I think spotted his talent and said, Have you considered this? And the invitation was accepted. And this halo rock star became a middle school teacher rock star. And my daughter is fortunate, fortunate, very, very fortunate to have him as her teacher. I was very impressed with like with him and all of the teachers. Here in our text, Jesus is recruiting too. He is recruiting for the big league, so to speak, right? This is big stuff. He's recruiting his first team. He's been doing that. He's been working with these guys. This is his first team to carry on his mission. But his recruitment methodology, our Lord's recruitment methodology, is somewhat different than the high school principals, the middle school principals 
with all due respect to that wonderful story. Jesus recruits not a spiritual all-star in Peter, but Peter, his betrayer. You may remember after Jesus was arrested, he was arrested, Peter was asked three times whether he was one of Jesus' disciples. Each time, Peter said no. Peter denied even knowing Jesus, just as Jesus said he would in John chapter 13. Denial, betrayal, abandoning somebody in their darkest hour. Not necessarily the stuff of recruitment. (laughs) Think of somebody in your life close to you. Someone who you invested in. Who then let you down in some way. Think about that person. Go there. Go there in your mind. Somebody who turned on you maybe when you needed them most. Now think about that person and think about what it was like to interact with them afterward. If you did or if you haven't yet since, think of what it might be, what it would, what it might be like. This is what happens in Jesus' recruitment strategy. Our passage today is set up by just that moment. Jesus sees his betrayer at a distance. But rather than run the opposite way, Jesus calls out to him and the other disciples while they're fishing. And he calls them friends. And he helps them catch a lot of fish. And then he fixes a meal for them. Come and eat. And then after fixing them a meal and eating with them, We don't get condemnation from Jesus. We don't get an I told you so to Peter from Jesus. We don't get him holding this failure over Peter's head. He doesn't, Jesus doesn't pull any psychological levers to get an upper hand over Peter. Jesus just says, and I think in a way, kind of vulnerably, for the God of the universe, To look at the guy who betrayed him, who let him down and say to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? We will fail. But when we fail, Jesus doesn't bail on us. Our failures are never final. Jesus' love is final. And it endures. You know, the amazing grace here is that Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't just respond to a guy who slipped up or broke a rule. This guy broke his relationship with Jesus by giving up and walking away and abandoning him. And yet, Jesus wants Peter back and he wants his love. Look carefully at our text. Jesus isn't just trying to make Peter feel better. Like, hey buddy, don't worry about it. Jesus wants the whole relationship back. He's not just repairing Peter's psychology. He's restoring a whole relationship. Do you love me? Do you love me? Can you and I hear Jesus asking us the same question today? If you're like me, if you're honest about it, you get off track. You and me get off track Probably every day. Lose our way. Invest the wrong way. 
fail to love miss the mark. However, Peter missed the mark with betraying Jesus. Jesus still wants him back. Whatever Peter's burden, whatever his past failures, whatever way he's let the Lord down, however he's missed opportunities and mismanaged his life, our Lord doesn't first ask Peter to get it together. Our Lord doesn't first ask Peter, what have you learned from your mistakes, Peter? Our Lord says, do you love me? He wants our love. Not even first, will you obey me? (laughs) It's do you love me? Because the obedience happens within a relationship. Think about that way of conceiving your relationship with helping someone out. If they say to you, will you obey me? Will you do what I ask? Versus if they say to you, do you love me? That creates a very different vibe, doesn't it? (laughs) Very different vibes. It's only in the context of a love relationship with a loving, gracious Lord that our pains and regrets and our past failures will be healed. Pure obedience can't fix it even on our best day. We need him and a love relationship with Jesus Christ. And as one commentator put it, the work of the church can only go forward when we are unburdened of our destructive memories through the gracious, gracious forgiveness of God. When this happens, we are empowered and transformed and made ready to represent Jesus with a rejoicing heart. Jesus first asked Peter, do you love me more than these? And commentators puzzle over exactly what that means. I like Dale Bruner's suggestion that perhaps what Jesus has in mind here is Peter's tendency for swag, right? Peter liked to elevate himself above the other disciples. Peter would say stuff like, even if all these other disciples drop on you, I won't. I'll never do that. And Dr. Bruner says, perhaps after Peter's abysmal denials, Jesus is asking Peter if he still has such swag. And as Dr. Bruner says, we are relieved that Peter does not now say that he loves Jesus more than the other guys. But he does say, yes, Lord, you know that I do love you. Peter knows that Jesus knows his heart. So Peter's relying on Jesus's Peter's relying on Jesus's knowledge of him more than his own knowledge of himself. Peter no longer appeals to his own self-confidence as proof of his dedication, as Dr. Bruner says. I like that take on it. It's also deeply personal. Look at the deep work Jesus is doing in healing his relationship with Peter. A relationship based in love, not just in shoulds or ought tos, but a real connection. This is how ultimate divine reality operates in Jesus Christ when it comes down to be with us. Not just a to-do list, not just to fix it, not just even a plan, but hey, do you love me? Do you love me? When we think about it in that way, it changes our whole vibe our whole understanding of who God is. 
Jesus is doing deep healing work in Peter. This is what's probably behind the three times. He's not trying to humiliate Peter. I like again what Dr. Booner says. Perhaps Peter wanted, perhaps Jesus wanted Peter's last memory of his last interaction with Jesus to be, I do love you, Lord. I do love you, Lord. I do love you, Lord. Rather than, I don't know the man. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. Jesus likely meant this, as Bruner says, pastorally, not hurtfully. He's doing deep healing work in Peter, giving Peter a chance to replace his denials with his love. But to be restored into a relationship with love in Jesus Christ is to also be recruited. Jesus has a job for Peter. And he gives Peter three commands. Do you love me? Then feed my lambs. Do you love me? Then take care of my sheep. Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. We are called, as Dr. Gary Burgess says, to embrace the body of Christ, to love it, to tend it, to protect it. In other words, Jesus is calling us to transform those vibes of our relationship with him of love outwardly. Take it in and then press it outward. Tend, feed. Start with our relationship with Jesus. Do you love me? Then love and feed my lambs. Take in his love, push it out. This is how Jesus recruits. First, by restoring our relationship with him. Second, by releasing us to his sheep. Restoring and releasing. And his recruiters... The people he recruits are not the rock stars. They're people just like you and me who lose our way. I love that story of that impressive halo guy. That is, I'm so glad he's teaching my daughter art. He is a total rock star. God bless all of our teachers. I love that story, but I love the gospel more. I love the story of the Lord of the universe, the one who is large and in charge, who recruits not promising successful rock stars because we impress him, great as that story is, but who who recruits you and me after fully seeing us at our worst, in our biggest failures, when we miss the mark and even abandon him And yet, he still wants our love. Don't miss that in the text. Do you love me? People, you want to make, we can turn this into a purely obedience text, which it is. But the obedience comes out of a connection with Jesus. The obedience comes from, do you love me? We don't want to miss the connection here. The heart of it is, do you love me? Then do this. And the doing comes out of the loving, right? As Dr. Booner puts it, love for Jesus feeds love for his people. And in turn, loving his people feeds love for Jesus. And each is demonstrated by the other. If the one is in place, the other will often be in place as well. Even on our best days, none of us has the best track record. And at some deep core level, we're going to betray the Lord. It's what we do. It's the whole biblical story, really. It's why Jesus came. And yet he still comes after us. And he includes us 
in taking care of his sheep. And I think out of Peter's story, thinking of his life, probably the the biggest and best thing he had to share, the red hot core of what he had to share was that sense of being restored. Hey, let me tell you a story. I wonder how many times he told his own story. We don't know. But when he's sitting around with people doing the equivalent of having a Starbucks or something, let me tell you about my Lord. Let me tell you about the Lord who got a hold of me. Even though I abandoned him. If you saw that Mariners game yesterday, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Julio's catch. Incredible fight. They all look so tired by the end. And the fans look tired by the end. And then Julio, the hero, in that catch, is the last one up at bat, right? And he struck out. But my favorite moment of the game was right afterward. Did you hear the crowd starting to chant? Let's go Mariners. Let's go Mariners. Let's go Mariners. We are a broken people who have been restored. We are a broken people who tend to lose our way. Who even with the best catches soon find ourselves striking out, right? Jesus comes after us and says, let's go, disciples. Let's go. If you're like me, every day you swing and miss or struggle or get off track or can't keep your eye on the ball or whatever, in whatever way. And even to the point where that, those misguided ways become betrayals. Betrayals like Peter. Peter is us. And yet God comes and says, do you love me? Do you love me? And let's go. Let's go. And the best news we have to share is that very moment. Let me tell you about the Lord who came back to get me again and again and here and here and there and there and there when I got off track. Let me tell you about the Lord who came to me, not just when I made the great catch, but when I struck out. And let's go see him together. And let's go be on his mission. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for coming to get us. Thank you, Lord, for wanting our love, inviting us to go with you. Not only when we make, not only when we make great catches, but when we swing and miss, when we're the heroes, or when we just strike out, and when we willfully lose our way and walk out of the park and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We are Peter. Peter is us. And yet you come for us. Thank you, Lord. Out of gratefulness and in response to your love for us, help us to go with you, move with you, in anticipation for what you will yet do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.